Hello, welcome to Fintan Lives With. This is a podcast about Fintan and the people that they live with. And on this episode, we have Stephen Solomon, actor, model, bartender, cafe worker, artist, coffee addict, and always down for an early night. Wow. <laughs> Hi. Very nice. And also, my partner. Yay. Yay. So that's me. That's you. Tell me, tell me, Stephen, a little bit about yourself. What? Who are you? And what do you? Uh, what do you? What do you like? What do you? What's? What's? What's good? What's good? Well, you did a pretty good introduction. But I am Stephen Solomon, actor, model, barback, barista. That's me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just repeated what I said. All right. Um, let's start with the right now. The right here. Right now. Where are we? We're in Brooklyn, in my bedroom. It is January 2nd, 2023. So how did we meet? Tell, tell the story. I'm telling the story in between sips of coffee. Um, we met through Tinder in July. The end of July. Early July. In July. Yeah, we matched. We met up the same day. And the rest is history. What what was that like? Tell me. <laughs> it was great. I was like, just people on Tinder usually don't answer or just dating apps in general. So whenever somebody does answer, I'm just like, okay, well, let's do something. And Fenton was the same way. They were like, yeah, let's, let's do something. And so I think we both liked that we had the initiative, both of us, and... Yeah, since then the initiative kind of just carried on and we hang out all the time. Yeah. So do you find that that's a New York thing that people don't respond to messages on dating apps? No. Or it's everywhere you've experienced? Well, I grew up in Pittsburgh. I guess that could have been in my introduction. No, people in Pittsburgh also don't. I think it's just a universal dating app thing. People just kind of think of it as a game. You just swipe, swipe. I mean, it is kind of fun. It basically is a game. It's designed to be that, basically. Yeah. They don't want people getting off the app because that means that they're not seeing ads and using it more and you get off the app by matching with someone and starting to date them you know yeah yeah that's true so yeah i would say definitely the same in pittsburgh i mean i've had like i mean i was in the app for like i don't know how old am i i don't know like six years maybe five six years and out of that i've had two relationships this one being included in that so tell me a little bit more about your uh your life your background how did you end up here what were you doing before do you cut in between this stuff sometimes okay i just felt pressure (laughs) what else are we gonna talk about we we dove right we dove right in and it was like welcome to ask questions also and it's a conversation um well yeah i grew up in pittsburgh pennsylvania more specifically outside of pittsburgh in a little rural town go trump um my town saying go trump not me um and then i went to performing arts high school 
where I studied theater, but then I also studied photography there. And then I went to Carnegie Mellon for two years where I studied photography and minored in theater. And then I said, I want to be doing just theater. So I transferred last minute because of this whole bullshit thing um, and studied theater at Point Park. And then my senior year, a modeling agency wanted to sign me. So I graduated. I signed with them. I moved to New York and I've been here ever since. Mm, Nice. And what are some of the challenges you face along the way? From high school until now? I don't know, yeah. <laughs> um, well, more, I don't know. The challenges well, I face. I mean, like moving to New York, basically, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I'd say moving to New York was definitely a hard decision. Not a hard decision. It was an easy decision, a hard thing to do. Um, because I didn't really know anybody here. I moved here by myself. Um, I mean, the pan- the pandemic was not over, but it was, like, lightening up. So it was kind of a good time to move here. Um, but I was in a relationship, and so I was, like, committing to long distance, basically forever. And also just leaving, like, my brother and his girlfriend and my family. So it was just, like, a very big move, like, physically, but also emotionally. Yeah. You had never lived outside of the state of Pennsylvania before. Correct. The, the western portion of the state of Pennsylvania. Yes, correct. So to move to New York City. So, what were your first impressions of me? <laughs> I thought you were super cute and super sweet and super artistic and I think I was also just very intrigued by you I don't really know exactly what I mean by that but I liked how in touch you were with your gender identity yeah yeah what were your first impressions of me I think well just the fact that you're just down to meet up right away which is something i've rarely experienced unless it's like i'm traveling and there's like the pressure of me leaving a place in a few days then someone might meet up but like just being in new york it it's it's pretty rare as you've discussed um and then yeah we went and got some food um i was frazzled that day because uh i had gotten on the subway and there was someone like uh, this this man just walking up and like getting in people's faces and threatening to fight everybody who he saw and so he's like making people run to the next car and then he would get in the next car so we were all moving and there was no nobody was like dealing with the situation <laughs> it was just getting worse and worse escalating um, and so yeah I came off that uh, right into meeting you but it was um, it was very refreshing because you you had a had a uh, good energy and uh, a lot to share and yeah we we really we hit it off I, I liked how excited and emotional you were as a good actor should be you know and yeah that was my first impressions very cute of course of course yeah. of course yeah 
Thank you. <laughs> I remember you were being frazzled and you were messaging me about somebody on the subway and I was like, oh, um, are you okay? <laughs> This podcast is Fenton Lives With, so I lived with Fenton for two and a half weeks in... Right. We were in Madrid, Salamanca, and then Porto, and then Castelo de Paiva. Castelo do Paiva. De Paiva. <laughs> and then Broccoli. Yes, in London. <laughs> yeah. So that was a big deal because, well, I guess... That was not our first trip together. I did go to Pittsburgh with mm. you for a, a, sh- a few days, I think, um, earlier in the fall or something. Oh, September, yeah. yeah. September. And then, I mean, I was in the process of maybe going to move back to Madrid because that's where I, I had been living the past almost year. And I have my friend Paula, who is just featured on this podcast. Uh, we Paula. Yes, we do. Um, and she was looking for an apartment for both of us in Madrid. I was like pretty excited to live with her, but not super excited about moving back to Madrid. I liked it there, but it just, you know, it wasn't like a place I wanted to see myself long term. Um, so, yeah, coming back to New York this summer, meeting Stephen, like a lot of things changed in that. But I still decided to go back to Madrid because I had left uh, quite a substantial amount of stuff <laughs> at my cousin's place carl actually carl who has also been featured on this podcast Hi, carl. carl and christina thank you Hi, thank christina. you for hosting me many times um and so yeah so i just made a little trip out of it i went to see some places in spain that i hadn't ever been and went back to morocco to see some friends and then um then you came and joined me in in madrid and we decided to take a trip to portugal because I had not been to Porto, but I've been hearing many delicious, great things about it. So we did that. So how was how was your journey? Because an important piece of information is that you informed me that you had not been out of well North America, I guess you could say, and had not you had not been on a flight in how long? Uh, I was five the last time I flew, so nineteen years. And I don't really remember the flight. I just remember being told about the flight and how I got, I got sick. Ugh. So to have never really experienced flying in memory and to go directly on an eight-hour flight from New York to Madrid is quite a big undertaking. I remember you were saying you were very, very nervous about yes. it the whole weeks maybe even month leading or more leading up to it but you did it you did great you got you got there and we we had a blast would you say so yeah i was so nervous leading up to the day that i think the day of i like ran out of the nervous energy like i still was nervous but it wasn't like i was gonna have like an anxiety attack like i was just i was nervous but i took some melatonin and I've really just felt like I was in like a daze the like the entire eight hours. I was like falling asleep, waking up, falling asleep, but then like my whole body was like so confused and displaced. That's just 
the experience of flying for everybody pretty much like i feel the same even if i'm not on melatonin or anything it's just it is disorienting and your time perceptions warped if you're going through different time zones yeah but was it worth it it was worth it i remember um i told my mom i was like <clears throat> whenever i first had met fenton i was like i'm gonna go to madrid i was like i'm gonna when visit you first them. met me right away basically whenever i first <laughs> maybe i don't know how soon it was into it but i think it was, it was at least a few weeks but yeah yeah um and i was like yeah i might go i might go to madrid and my mom was like you're going to travel internationally to visit someone that you barely even know and i was like yeah <laughs> and i did and she was really nervous about it probably more nervous than i was because that's just how she is um but yeah no it was definitely worth it i think that i'm really happy it got me over my fear of flying because since then i've flown three times because i flew to madrid and then we flew to london and then we flew back to new york so three flights under my belt and so now i feel like i could fly anywhere maybe not to india like some people but but well, eight hours you can work up to that that's not that many more hours you know that split up true. into a couple of flights i am flying to india tomorrow which is absolutely ridiculous to think about that's sad but here we go yeah um, yeah, let's get let's get back to our trip though. What were some of the highlights? What did you like about it? I think it felt very, I don't know, it all felt very new and exciting. And I was kind of nervous because Fenton had work. You had some work you had to do. So then some days I was just out exploring on my own without data. Without so a tour guide. <laughs> yeah, without oh, yeah, a tour guide, without right. service. Right. Um, and so I was just like kind of just exploring but it was also kind of really freeing just walking around getting back into photography a little bit um yeah you took a lot of pictures a lot of great pictures absolutely wonderful beautiful pictures thank you thank you Fenton was my model in a lot of them Mm -hmm. because they're beautiful but yeah highlights let's see I mean I love staying with Caro and Chris and Teo I mean, definitely all of the food everywhere. Um, so many good vegan options, especially in Portugal that were cheap. Yeah, was, even in the small city of Porto, we didn't even get to all of the vegan restaurants. We discovered one our, on our last night. We'll have to go back and try some other time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Porto, I think, where we went clubbing. Was that Porto? Uh, oh, yes, it was. That was lots of fun. The club was pretty straight, which was unfortunate. Well, let's tell the story of that night because we went out first to this very interesting bar that we were just trying to, we were trying to find a gay bar and we went by one and it was pretty dead. So we decided to double back and go into this interestingly decorated bar. It was very, um, how would you describe it? it? It just, it felt very, I don't know, royal or something like, I don't know, there were like curtains and the, the, the big... The one where we light were fixture tall. hanging from the ceiling and we were up on the balcony mm-hmm. and everybody was pretty much older than us <clears throat> there were some couples there probably in their 50s you know yeah and they were everybody was smoking <laughs> um it was really fun to watch people just <clears throat> having their conversations and you know gauging how interested they were basically yeah. that was i was enjoying that a lot 
but this so then we went from there on the bus to the club which was on the beach a little bit further outside the city and um, it was techno industria club and everybody in that club was smoking too (laughs) yeah that was a theme in porto lots of smoking in every bar or club which that i think that was really what ruined not ruined that's what made us leave the club it wasn't the straight people it was the smoke yeah because the music was fun and the like it was enjoyable space yeah after a certain while and i remember this from from studying abroad in prague it was just like everybody was smoking in these basement bars and clubs and it just you you just felt like you were smoking too and then everything smells like smoke when you leave and you have to wash all your clothes not my favorite experience i would say but yeah sort of a relic of like i don't know because most European cities don't allow smoking indoors, so to, I was sort of surprised. But Portugal sort of on its own tandem. It's sort of pushed all the way to the edge of Europe there, you know. And a lot like, people can get away with a lot more, it seems like. Which also is nice because there were so many like great cafes and, and bars and things that it just felt like the spirit of trying something new and different was very alive there entrepreneurial spirit creative energy was great um yeah i think that was one of the draws i had to porto definitely yeah yeah i mean we went to countless numbers of cafes and bars every day and it was great we read a lot we drew a lot um yeah i feel like it was just a very mindfulness getaway is that the word i'm looking for kind of like i don't know or peaceful getaway where it was kind of it kind of i feel like it kind of felt like a vacation like as it should yeah yeah. (laughs) well yeah um but also just like a vacation mentally as well where like i i don't know it kind of made me realize i should be reading more and journaling more and it's like good for my mental well-being yeah, I mean, you had been working a hell of a lot bef- leading up to that. I remember you were saying, like, sometimes every day of the week, just doing different, all your different jobs. So you really needed it, I know. Yeah, and I'm about to jump right back into that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we should talk about the experience. <laughs> we rented an electric car. Our last night, or well, two days in Portugal to drive to see my friend Kasha recommended this hike that the only way to get there was to drive is an hour and a half outside of Porto. And it was definitely worth the drive, I would say. Mm-hmm. But that being said, we had quite a bit of challenges with this electric car. I, I decided to book the electric car because it was... It was, for some reason, the cheapest option. And I knew that, like, gas prices in Europe were really high. So I was like, oh, we'll definitely we'll definitely save money. It's a no-brainer in that. But I had never driven an electric car. I'd never, you know, I didn't know anything about them. And neither <laughs> did it seem that the people at the rental agency didn't really know anything about them or weren't clearly communicating with us about how to charge the car, how long a charge would hold. Um yeah, what was your experience with that? 
I mean, as soon as we got in the car, the first thing it said was that like the keys were dying, yeah, right? The battery was low. Yeah. Yeah, I found it really interesting. I didn't know that the car charged whenever you were like declining um, in speed, braking, or, bra- or yeah. yeah, it's like a hybrid in that way. Um, so I thought that was really cool, but um, yeah, it was kind of scary whenever we had to charge the car that one day, and we the um the charger in. Castello de, pa- de Pava. Pava was broken, so we put it off until the next day. Which was a little stressful because I was driving back into Porto and the nearest charger was like on the edge of Porto, according to my map. And we got down to like 6% battery at the end there. I turned off the heat and the, and the music <laughs> because yeah. it was I was trying to save every last second of battery there. And we made it. It was fine. We got to a gas station and charged up, but it was definitely a little bit nerve-wracking in that sense. Yeah, I wasn't... I'm pretty sure I wasn't breathing, like, the entire car right there. I just was watching the percentage, and then I saw it pop back up when we were braking a little bit, and then went back down, and I was like, this is not ideal. No, and we also had a flight to catch later that day, so (laughs) I was not trying to get stuck somewhere in rural Portugal. But it was fine. I was confident we could make it. And we did. Great. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a little brief intermission. Oh, okay. Go, go do your business. So, let's talk about Castelo do Pava. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. It's a small town in Portugal that we decided to stay at. I decided to stay at, <laughs> I guess I made the itinerary, the last night because it was close to the camping, uh, the, the camping, close to the hike that we went on, which was beautiful, by the way, lots of mountain goats and incredible views of a canyon and a bridge. Um, anyway, we get to this town and the charger, as as stated, was not working, but where, tell it, describe where we were staying it was beautiful where we were staying. The house was. I think the man we were renting it from said that it was a 10th generation or 15th? Ge- 10th generation, yeah. 10th generation. Old house made of stone. Made of stone. Um, and It used it, to be a monastery before it was in their family. And then it used to be a wine a vineyard, I mean? Oh, yeah, they had uh, equipment to, you know, process grapes into wine in the basement yeah so they did grow uh grapes they had a yeah vineyard outside yeah no it was a beautiful place it was very cold um but we had a space heater in the room yeah and we were the only guests in this very large guest house Mm -hmm. the whole house to ourselves yeah if there was more to do in the town i would have wanted to stay there longer because the place was just very beautiful but the town itself was very small not very much to do there at all there was this like town square area i guess where when we got we first got there they were blasting christmas music through speakers just like in the middle of the town um yeah and then when i went back in the morning early in the morning i think they had started playing the music at like 6 a.m oh no you were you were when you were walking down to get breakfast they were blasting music it was some ungodly hour yeah and they were very early it was a song by justin bieber also it wasn't christmas music it was just they were just playing a local radio station and it was like a weird mix between american pop 
hits from like 10 or more years ago and and then some christmas music and some very portuguese songs yes also we had the issue of well i don't know where this was it just there that we had the issue with not getting oat milk do you know what I mean? Not getting oat milk. Yeah, they did not have any non-dairy milks, which I was, you know, not surprised about being in a rural place in Portugal. They they only had like without lactose, and that cafe, which was lovely, like unless you're vegan, it was quite challenging. They did have a veggie burger on the menu, which was interesting, but absolutely no other vegan options other than like juice and, you know, like an americano <laughs> coffee without milk which is too bad for you because that's an important thing to mention you are fully vegan yes and it was more it was definitely an issue whenever we tried to get dinner because there was basically only one place that was open this pizza place what was it called pizzeria 80s (laughs) yeah this weird it's weird pizzeria that had like a lot of like guitars on the wall and like i don't know rock star yeah <laughs> like kind of rock and roll theme but not really and it wasn't exactly it was a pizzeria but didn't they also have like steak and... yeah they had like traditional portuguese food which is a lot of like rural portuguese food a lot of meat and heavy things so that and like pizzas yeah so like looking at the menu there really was nothing for me um and so and a salad maybe <laughs> So I ended up getting a pizza without cheese. So just dough, sauce, and a bunch of veggies. And it was fine. It definitely wasn't, like, the ideal meal. But it did the job. And I sort of knew that this might happen, which is why I was, like, the rest of the time we were in cities. Just food is difficult to find. It would be the same in rural America, too, if we were in, like, some small town in Iowa. Maybe you could go to the subway, though, and it just wouldn't be, like, a nice experience, Mm -hmm. you know, unless there's specifically a vegan restaurant. So, well, we were going, we were driving, we drove, wasted a lot of battery driving, like, half an hour round trip to this other town to go to a restaurant that I really should have called ahead to find out if it was open. I think because it's, like, sort of beginning of the winter season, they sort of, everything closes. Uh, and you can't really rely on Google Maps um, to tell you hours of things, but it would have been nice because it was like a nice um, looking restaurant that had some vegan dishes. But... Weren't there two restaurants that were closed? Yeah, I think we tried to go to another one in the town. Like there really wasn't anything open in the town and this was on a Friday night. It was just sort of that that type of place. I think maybe this is a town that's better to visit, well, one, in the summer, and then two, maybe when there's like a festival happening. I'm sure they have like a few yearly festivals and it would be fun to visit around then and just experience the atmosphere. And visit with like not an electric car. Yeah, unless they, unless Portugal gets its act together on char- the charging situation, it would have, it just was too difficult I know they they got a ways to go. Uh, we made it work, but narrowly. Yeah. Know. Other than the food, I loved Castelo de Poivo. Castelo de Pava. <laughs> de Pava. Do Pava. Do Pava. Yeah. Yeah, and you took some great photos of me in the house, this very old house, all this nice uh, stone work, and very chilly outside. 
but cozy. Cozy, cozy, not so warm inside. <laughs> Would have been nice in the in the warmer months, mm-hmm. definitely. To stay. I think that's why there's no one else staying there at that time. From there we went to... Yeah, from there we went to Porto. We drove back to Porto and then flew to London. Yes. And stayed with my cousin Julia in London, Broccoli, and had a grand old little time there going out to pubs and the theater. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was a good good way to end the trip in a, in a bigger city. Yeah, I felt like I didn't love London, but I think I didn't love it because of the weather. Mm. It was very cold. Yeah. Yeah. Which that was kind of the case with. Mm, I guess it wasn't super cold in Madrid or Porto, really, but. But yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Um, But yeah, London, especially. It was very cold and wet and dreary. And so I didn't take nearly as many pictures there. Um, But we did get some sun on like the last day we were there, I think. Um,. It was also just difficult because I don't wake up early and the sun was setting at like three. So it was, yeah. I got like four hours of daylight. Yeah. Another place that would be better to return to in the warmer months. Definitely. But we saw a beautiful show, Carrie Jackson at the National Theater. It was very funny. The show was just, I think it just opened for previews. Yeah. Um, yeah, there weren't even any reviews. So definitely, if I visit London again, I want to see more theater. Yeah. So what were some of the, other than like food, what were the, some of the challenges you faced on this trip? Like, was it, I think we got along pretty well. We, did, we, did we fight at all or anything? Like living together for two and a half weeks? Um, no, not really. I think, um... At some points, I was like, oh, well, we like both kind of, I don't know, you were critical at some points, and then I was sensitive at some points, and we were trying to find the balance between that. Um, But like, other than that... Really pretty minor. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, it wasn't really... Yeah, no, it was great living together. Yeah. And it was especially great, because like, I hadn't seen you for a few weeks, and so like, I mean, I knew I was going to take take this little jump and fly, take this little risk and fly out to see you because I hadn't seen you in a bit. It was also just like a great reason to to fly for the first time in 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I feel the same. I think maybe like the only difficult part for me was just like, well, I just felt like I, I, since I was working and you, you know, I was like not able to really entertain you during those periods, but you were pretty. You got pretty good at just going out and doing your own thing, and finding finding that balance. And yeah, just finding the alone time as well that was necessary for me. I think mm-hmm. we got along really well, which I was pleasantly not surprised, but happy about. Very, you're very stress free to live with. Very drama free. Mm-hmm. Now. <laughs> yeah, no, I felt the same. And also, I need my alone time as well. So it was good that we were on the same page about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now that we're back here in New York, um, what are what are some things you have going on in your life here? What keeps you motivated? Living in this horrible, <sighs> difficult, expensive-ass place. Well, I wasn't back here for very long before I went home for the holidays, but um, 
But now being back again, I don't know. I read, I just read Jenna Fisher's book, The Actor's Life, A Survival Guide. And so I'm feeling feeling pretty inspired for the new year of auditions and jobs and just really working toward a career. Yeah. So I think definitely just wanting to work, wanting to be a working actor. And just the book like inspired me. I want to start creating my own work. The trip inspired me to do more photography. So I think that, yeah, I think being back, even though it is an expensive city. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm just excited to be back around creative people again. Not that I wasn't, because the whole trip I was around you, and you're a creative person. But, um, yeah, I'm just excited to be able to be back here and auditioning. Because while we were on the trip, I did get an audition that I had to film, which did end up working out. But it is nice to be back and have my own setup and my, you know, all that. So I think definitely my motivation this year is just what it kind of always is, just to be a working actor because anytime I do have something going on acting or modeling related I feel happy yeah that's cute <laughs> love to hear that excited to see what you create and get involved in hopefully soon do you have any final questions for me or thoughts um well you're going to India, so how do you think long distance is going to work for us? Well, I think we already have some practice with this because I was, before you came to Spain, I was there for a month, more than a month, I think, in Europe. Were you? <clears throat> yeah, it was over a month. I think it was like a month and it was like six weeks mm. or so. And this trip will be almost the same. It's It'll be, I think, maybe a month and a half, just about. Yeah. Because I returned on in fe mid February, and so I don't know. I think I think it worked well with us calling every few days, um, just sort of staying in touch. But it, it also helps that it's an open relationship, so that we can get our other needs fulfilled in person <clears throat> while we're apart. I think that's great. I'm not not that I'm going to be really necessarily seeking that out since I'll be so overwhelmed with the newness and the excitement and chaos or whatever that is India and then Vietnam <laughs> going to as well and Thailand. Uh, first time in Asia, so that'll be interesting. I think the time difference will be a bit of a challenge for calls, but we'll figure it out. It'll be fine. We'll make it work. How about for you? Yeah, I think one thing that was helpful was I love voice messages so those are always great especially I think with the time difference as well so if like a phone call can't work out it's always like voice messages work well as, yeah. as sort of a substitute yeah and I want to do some sort of documentation of this trip I think I'll probably well I'll definitely do some interviews for the podcast um as I'm going along um but my mom was asking if I would like do some writing as well. So maybe I'll have a little bit of, uh, I'll definitely be journaling, but also maybe to share those publicly. Like I have an email list that I haven't used in a while, four months or so. So I could post some things to there and just to share with the world what's happening, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for you. Gonna miss you, but I'm excited for you. Yeah. And then I'll be back here and it'll be almost spring. Almost spring. Although it's been feeling very spring like these past few days, which is mm-hmm. nice after a horrifically cold snap over Christmas. So um yeah, looking forward to coming back to New York after, I'm sure. A long exhausting but rewarding trip. I, I imagine it'll it will be yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to you coming back. <laughs> well, if if uh, there's no more thoughts on your mind at this moment, we can wrap it up here. What say you to that, Steve-O? That, Sleepy Steve-O. That sounds pretty good right now, I think. Okay, yeah. Okay, great, great, great. Yeah. Well, it's been so lovely speaking with you on this fine occasion. We've been meaning to do this podcast for quite a bit but always we're just when we're hanging out we're doing other things we're just uh we're just staying staying busy having fun going out you know that sort of thing so great looking forward to editing this soon hopefully because i often take a few months to edit these things but we'll see we'll see we'll see about my uh, abilities and scheduling um anyway all right all right well that's a wrap that's a wrap everybody clap 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 talk to you later